Welcome to Strung Out, the podcast that looks at life through the lens of an artist. Your host is the artist, writer, and musician, Martin Lawrence McCormack. Now here's Martin. Happy New Year. Glad to have you with us. Welcome to the 79th episode of Strung Out. And I have with me a political consultant, my um, society... <laughs> gossip columnist. Gossip columnist. Whatever we need him to be, he is. He's just that kind of human being. <laughs> Engineer. He's a renaissance man. Mm-hmm. And I uh, want to welcome Sandeep Gopal. And I have to be very nice to him because he's the only one that owns a working snowblower. Yes. <laughs> you would have ignored me a long time ago if that's... Totally. If it wasn't for that machinery, man. Yeah. We would barely be on speaking terms. Uh, we, would, yeah. we wouldn't be talking to each other. But yes. Happy New Year, first Happy of all. Happy New Year. Happy yeah. 2022. And that's what we're going to talk about today because uh, a lot of people don't know the fact that you are very good at prognostication oh no you know that you um, I, I see the future <laughs> you can see you can look in and from your experience and your worldview mm-hmm. you're going to be today on this show making predictions oh no about 2022 that's a terrible idea it's a great idea okay 2022 we are barely hours into it now at this point and there are already things from 2021 that need to be cleaned up. So let's start, first of all, by the main thing that's been weighing everybody down, COVID. Yes. What do you think is going to happen in 2022 with COVID? I predict that we will learn to live with a milder variant of COVID. I think the vaccines have been doing a good job. The people falling sick are mainly the unvaccinated. And at some point, Omicron is going to mutate into something weaker or maybe a little more. It it spreads faster, but it's not as potent as Delta or any of the earlier variants. And we're just going to learn to live with it because uh, the world needs to move on. People are tired of it. The Omicron variant is milder, like you said. Yeah. That people that are vaccinated can get it. Mm -hmm. But it's like getting what? The flu? Yeah. I I read some paper that said that our flu viruses and our common colds are actually variants of pandemics past centuries ago. In in a few years, we'll be living with a milder form of COVID, but we'll learn to live with it. It's never going to go away, Mm -hmm. but we'll just get used to living with it. Do you think we're going to have this kind of thing where we're going to get a shot? Is there going to be a fourth shot now to knock things out? I mean, is that what's going to happen here? I think we should expect a shot every year, perhaps a a strong Mm -hmm. booster that combines the flu shot and a COVID shot or something of that nature, or maybe a pill if it's easier. But we're going to have to deal with this the same way we've dealt with some serious viruses in the past. What's your thought about the social aspects of this right now uh, in Illinois, various parts of the states? You go into a restaurant, you have to prove that you're vaccinated. We have these flimsy little paper things from the CDC. Yeah. How is that going to work? What's your prediction? A lot of this is at the state level. So I I think we're going to be stuck with those paper slips, but people are going to get more strict with showing your proof of vaccination. I think as mandates spread across states and cities, more and more people are going to get vaccinated. 
And uh, so in terms of the social aspect of it, uh, the, this, this wave will crest too and we'll move on with our lives and things will open up eventually and it'll be some semblance of normalcy will, will show up again. So you heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. So th this time next year, we will be talking about people getting some sort of uh, flu shot. I think so. Yeah. What are they going to call it? The, the COVID shot? I don't know. You can call I mean, it whatever you want. You know, the flu is influenza and they came up right, with right. flu out of it. So right. Kobe Shield or something like that. You know, yeah. There's going to be something like that, right? Yeah. It's going to be trendy. Yeah. But you asked about the social aspect of it. And I was watching a movie a few days ago where I don't remember the movie, but the actors in one scene there were two men conspiring and they got really close to each other. And this was, of course, shot before COVID and they were whispering. And I was just thinking in my head, oh, that's so close. And they're not even masked. It was just a subconscious reaction. And I realized, oh, yeah, this was before the world turned on its head. And I don't know, I think we'll continue to socially distance. I think there's that memory imprint in our heads to not crowd in a place or not get too close to someone. Well, let's let's talk about masks, because yeah. I think we're almost at that point now where masks are second nature to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they've proven to be quite useful. Yeah. Especially the lowest influenza season last mm -hmm. year. Yeah. And if we continue to wear masks, obviously, we're, we're going to be knocking back the COVID, the flu. Yeah. My question is, do you think that it'll be the kind of thing in a year that... We'll see more people with masks. A trendy kind of deal. Yeah. In Southeast Asia or in East Asia, where SARS was a common occurrence, you'd see, you know, either cops or traffic police or older people on trains, especially because these are denser cities. They would wear masks often during flu. I think you're going to see a lot of that here. I think People are still afraid of catching whatever is still out there. And I think it should be socially acceptable. Instead, we lose not a million people, but we lose thousands of people here to the flu. So there's no reason why susceptible to the flu shouldn't mask up and well, we shouldn't normalize it. Don't you think it's ironic that here we have people that die from the flu every year? Yeah. And up to this point, nobody said, hey, wear a mask. Yeah, it's that simple. It's right? that simple kind of thing. We could have had our Hollywood stars or doing, sports figures yeah. Yeah, yeah. doing PSAs about wearing a mask. Yeah. And that's my other prediction. We're going to see a lot more masks past this pandemic. But yeah, I think I agree. We should. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Why not? If you're right. old and susceptible or asthmatic or God knows what, wear a mask and it's okay. Today, I went to get my Powerball ticket because it's such a big winning. I'm going to win and yes. spread the love. And <laughs> not talk to me after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking the same with you. I'm going to be like, uh, where did the Gopals go? But I had a mask on and I was like, well, there's something very comforting about having that on in a cold, mm -hmm. especially cold. I know what it's like when it's really hot out or the other day I took Anya skating. I had to take the mask off at one point just to gasp for air because I'm getting old <laughs> yeah. and I wasn't used to skate. I think that the practical aspects of it are going to work. I, yeah. I think we're going to see masks staying with us for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I agree. And it's. I think we should normalize it. I think it should be standard practice, especially if you're someone who's susceptible to falling sick or susceptible to the flu or you're on medication or whatever. It should be completely normal for people to mask up wherever they want to right. without feeling like they're out of place or they're a hypochondriac or whatever. 
Do you, as this gets more common, mm-hmm. COVID, do you think it's going to be less politicized? That's think? a good question. I Socially, I don't know. I mean, I think as this wave passes through our country and people either bypass it or get sick, there are those who are going to say, look, I survived it. So how bad can it be? I refuse to get masked or vaccinated. And there are those who are going to be at the other end of the spectrum, which is everyone get masked all the time. I don't know. I think divide will pass. But at some point, our government needs to be prepared for the next pandemic because there's going to be one. So we need to empower the CDC or the FDA to take steps to prevent the next million people from dying. And will a a political party strip them of their powers when they come to power only to have it reinstated when the other one comes in? It it could happen. Do you think we're going to see another virus come out of China or somewhere? That seems to be the breeding ground. Right. It's a combination of a lot of people encroaching upon wildlife. wildlife And yeah, Africa, we saw Ebola, we saw MERS from Saudi Arabia, SARS in Southeast Asia. This is going to continue to happen. We just need to be better prepared. Taiwan and South Korea really handled COVID well because of the earlier experience of SARS. Don't waste a crisis, as they say. So what I hear you saying, yeah, don't waste a crisis. We're going to be much better because we've gone through this over 800,000 people dead. dead. But also we've developed some really advanced vaccines. A lot of that I heard is uh, sort of the byproduct of research from HIV and all of that. So they're saying that they can use mRNA vaccines for malaria. So we're looking at the possible eradication of a disease that kills millions of babies and children in Africa. Yeah, but I, I definitely think we're going to see another pandemic in our lifetime. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Not in 2022, though? I doubt it. Okay. I think we're still too much on edge for another completely new disease to come. Hmm. But I'm certain we're going to see another one. Let's take a little break right now. We are coming up on the anniversary of January 6th, and I want to talk to you about that since you're an expert (laughs) on that. And January 6th, we'll catch that on the uh, opposite side. You're going to listen to a song from Miss Rack Zoo. I'm encouraging everybody to stream it on Spotify. I have one listener. Is it on Spotify? It It is. is now. Okay. I got my Spotify stats I have one listener. Were you the listener? You were kind enough to give me a CD, but I'd like to download it on iTunes if it is available there. It is. Okay. Yes. I'll make sure to do that. Thank you for doing that, too. That was a great pitch. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to something from Miss Raxu, and we'll be back. You are listening to Predictions for 2022 with Sandeep Gopal and Martin McCormack. Strong out. my tooth yesterday I'm happy to let you know everyone who looks at me says a spot where to should go I lost my tooth I like to shout I lost my tooth I holler the tooth fairy came while I was asleep took my tooth and left a dollar I lost my tooth yesterday and now there is this gap it makes a whistle
we're back. January 6th, Sandeep. Where were you last year on January 6th? I don't remember, but I remember what happened on January 6th. It was scary. Probably the most significant thing politically that happened. And do you think it was a coup attempt? Yeah, in spirit, for sure. To have your political supporters, after you've lost an election, barge into the seat of democracy, threaten members of the parliament. And yeah, it's, it checks all the boxes of a coup. Uh, yeah, it's a disgrace. And people are, are paying the price for it. A lot of those people have been sentenced to anywhere from four years to maybe a, a few months. But the uh, harsh punishment has been meted out to those responsible. I was just going to say harsh punishment has been meted out to the foot soldiers. Yeah, yeah. The general at the top is still scot-free and is planning his next coup for 2022 or 2024 by trying to subvert the elections and all of that. So since you are so good at prognostication here, I want to ask you then, are we going to see these guys come to any form of justice? I know they have that committee, but what do you think is going to come out when obviously it's all pointing toward an orchestrated event. I think that's the thing people are starting to say. There's no way you can spin this. My prediction is Trump will go scot-free because the country has moved on from his stressful four years as, as president and people have other things to worry about. One political party prosecuting the last president is really hard to do without that sort of really watertight evidence that he orchestrated the whole thing. So... Uh, I think the country has moved on. We're still traumatized with COVID, still trying to pick up the pieces. There's no will, political will to, amongst the people, I sense there isn't much enthusiasm to go after Trump. And so Mm -hmm. he might go scot-free, but the evidence is out there. He was responsible for it. He instigated it. And what about his lieutenants, Jim Jordan and Mm -hmm. Ted Cruz, these guys that yeah. It's now the, the text messages there have them yeah. basically laying out this thing. Do you think these are the kind of people whose heads will roll or is it just going to be the peasants? I think it just might be the foot soldiers. Trump still enjoys a very high level of popularity in America. I was driving down to Detroit and at some random town, I saw just giant flagpole with the Trump flag flying next to the Confederate flag. Even though he's not president, he's not the leader of the party. Technically, officially, he's resigned from his post as the leader of the Republican Party. But he still holds sway over a large section. And everybody knows historically the the Confederacy up in Michigan. Yeah, right. Which is jarring to see. but (laughs) It it is is, jarring. Yeah, I agree. I have seen the display of Trump flags and Confederate flags in Wisconsin and these towns. It's just clearly is the white racist flag, mm-hmm. yeah. whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know, my prediction is that everything's going to come out of this committee mm-hmm. pointing at yeah. Trump, pointing at the uh, lieutenants. It's going to wrap up prior to the midterm elections. And what's going to come out of this will be lieutenants like Jim Jordan and Senator Ted Cruz there may be some sort of discipline. Like a slap on the wrist, perhaps. But it might have enough shock value to change 
what looks like a typical American midterm election where we get the opposing party in because we're dumb enough to do that instead of trying to see things get done with one party. I think where Trump is going to uh, still end up paying is going to be with some of these lawsuits, these tax yeah. evasion. Right. These, yeah, because that's math. And you escape math. You can't so escape you, math. Yeah. And, and math, you know, uh, has no political affiliation. Exactly. So if, if you cheat, yeah. nobody exactly. likes a cheater. Exactly. And the numbers don't add up. And that's a watertight case. Whereas with political stuff, it's always hard to prove. Just as they caught Al Capone for tax evasion, they might just get Trump for the same thing. Well, and the, a recent article came out in Salon magazine, which they... This author of this book is detailing the amount of money yeah. that just came out of sweetheart deals, the amount of money that was spent on the Trump Hotel yeah, just to curry favor. Clubs and everything. Yeah. All that is written down somewhere. Yeah. So are we going to see, do you think Donald Trump, aside from going to jail, do you think we're just going to see that then fade into the sunset? You feel like the Trump era we're going to be looking at that in in the taillights of yeah. a new revitalized Republican Party. I I doubt that. I'm a little pessimistic because if not Trump, I think he's he might be old and tired. But the Trump brood, the children, Don Jr., uh, I think they've tasted blood. They're out there trying to get uh, their foot into the political space. So you're going to see a lot of that incendiary stuff coming out from the Trump family, it may not be mm. Donald Trump. But I think either Ivanka or Donald Trump Jr. might still continue some of that. Wow. Uh, the Trump Trumpism, if you will. It's never truly going to go away. Well, we have time in this segment, 19 seconds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's touch on, anyway, one topic that I want to talk about, and that is the Republican Party itself. And we'll take a little break. Is it on the ropes? Do you feel because of what has happened with this, uh, this Trump schism? It seems like Mitch McConnell has gotten quiet and crafty. There is going to be some sort of attempt to root out the Trumpists. And certainly Trump has made no bones about trying to get rid of Mitch McConnell. At this point, he wants to get rid of McConnell as speaker. He's, you know, a traitor. He's not under his control. Right. My sense is Mitch McConnell is really good at fundraising. And I feel like the Republican Party has two electorates. You have the the people who come out and vote and then the people who donate money. Rich mm -hmm. McConnell ha has the ear of the rich capitalists. As long as Biden's government is good for business, I don't think Trump has a way in. But I think if you know, you see suddenly a lot of leftist policies or the rise of Bernie Sanders or something like that. You're going to see the money swing the other way of the pendulum and mm -hmm. take Mitch McConnell and Trump and put them, get them back together. You got me thinking, um, and we'll just end it on this thought yeah. and come back. But does Biden's plans so far? Yeah. The infrastructure, of course, Business is going to love that. But the whole social thing now yeah. is high and dry because of Senator Manchin and and the progressives that wanted everything in the agenda. Yeah. So does Biden have a snowball of a chance of getting Build Back Better to happen in 2022? Hold that thought. Okay. 
I've got my political consultant, my society editor, <laughs> Sandeep Gopal, on Strung Out. Go to martinmccormack.com and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get the latest blog from Marty, information about upcoming podcasts, and what's happening in the gallery. That's martinmccormack.com. The cow goes The cow goes The cow goes But the duck goes Afraid, Sandeep, we're going to have to run just a tad longer on this special okay. because I, I want to first of all hear your thoughts about Joe Biden. Build back better. Is he a good president? You and I talked quite a bit about cleanup on aisle seven. Right. That was his job, right. and he's doing it. Yeah. But is he presidential timber in your book? Is he? He's 
80 what or uh, yeah he's in his 80s and i think he's his presidency has been scandal free it's only been it's not even been a year but already we are focusing less on members of his cabinet who are resigning for the most mundane stupid reasons he's surrounded by competent people he's put forth an ambitious plan that's being held back by whatever special interests I think he should pass whatever he can pass that makes everyone happy. So if it's a scaled down bill, then he should do it. And then I think once people start to see the benefits of some of those of those plans, they'll, they'll come back for more. And maybe we'll have more of a mandate in 2022 or the Democrats lose everything and the Republicans come to power and he's a lame duck president. In that case, it course corrects and maybe the country isn't ready for that kind of thing. That's an interesting point. Let's say 2022, the Republicans do take over. Yeah. He is a lame duck president then. So we'll say, I gave it my best shot. Cory Booker, go get him. Or Kamala Harris, get him. Yeah. Do you think that's going to be the thing that'll happen? Maybe. I, I don't know. If the Democrats lose Congress and he's just a lame duck president, there's still things you can do, like foreign policy. That's what happened with Obama. The first two years he passed a big bill, then he focused a lot on foreign policy. There seems to be some infighting within ranks about who's the, the rightful heir. Pete Buttigieg is getting on the limelight and Kamala Harris is being pushed to the sidelines. Who knows? We'll see. But I, I think... Any alternative is valid. I'm mm-hmm. fine with anything as long as it's not a rebirth of the Trump era, the Trump presidency. I think politics is politics and it will sort itself out. Well, I'm hoping we can get to the fashion and society. I know you believe that bell bottoms are back. Yeah, I'm already ordering my first pair. Speaking of arts, I had a question for you, a prediction. Sure. What do you predict uh, is going to be the state of the arts in 2022? We are not going to see any significant change in the arts for a whole year mm-hmm. because of the virus itself and the idea that we just aren't there yet. Most of the major arts conferences now have been canceled or gone out of business. So artists themselves, like myself, we don't have that mechanism in place of, hey, I'm out here. Why don't you hire me to go and play at your place? I predict the rise of, at least for performing artists like myself, you're going to see much more house concert kind of private events taking place where the onus is going to be on your supporters and fans if they want you they're going to have to go and basically make it possible for you to go out there. You're not going to see anything really changing much. Once the weather gets warmer, then yeah, some outdoor concerts and festivals like that. Historically, those things, unless you were like a top tier musician, those things never really paid well. I think that's where the arts are going to go. And um, bell bottoms probably will be, uh, <laughs> we'll be back. In- will be back in style as well. And I love the fact that you went on a limb and said, you already ordered your first pair. Yep. I think, as always, you're a trendsetter. <laughs> right. As we were getting close to finishing up the show, what I want to ask you about is whether we will live to see another year. And what I mean is the foreign policy going on right now with Russia and China. What do you predict is going to happen with Ukraine? That's a good question, Marty. I don't think the U.S. and Russia will go to war. I don't think 
either country has an appetite or maybe the U.S. doesn't have an appetite for a proxy war like the Cold War days. But the U.S. defense budget is greater than the GDP of Russia. There's no contest. But like I said, we just pulled out of Afghanistan. We don't have the stomach for another war in another part of the world that doesn't have too much U.S. interests. We don't have oil interests or energy interests. It's a matter of principle. And if Russia should, for some reason, attack or try to take over Ukraine, I think the U.S. is going to not respond, but maybe try to get a coalition of forces to put some sort of sanctions on them. But I do think there's a survival instinct in all of these three major powers that would prevent them from going out with all-out war. You could add a fourth with the European Union. I think that this might be the thing that kind of defines the European Union. Yeah. Mainly because of the interplay between Russia and some of the bigger players in the European Union, like Germany, where Russia is getting money from Germany for their gas. Russia is such a one-trick pony right now. Petro-state. And uh, it's a petro-currency, too. Macron in France is looking to, you know, flex his muscles a little bit. The German uh, government has a new chancellor after 16 years of Merkel. Maybe there's a change of heart there, but I don't think uh, anyone has the patience for Putin's machinations, if you will. And I think that he's not going to make any new friends by doing that in Ukraine. But I don't think we should lose our minds and do anything rash in Ukraine. I think we have enough problems at home. And I think if Putin invades Ukraine, it will eat up Moscow's time and energy and money and it's to their detriment. So Yeah, I I agree with you. I think at this point he's going to put the stuff on the table and they're going to try to come up with face-saving measures. Will Ukraine join NATO? I don't know. I I don't think anyone has the stomach for a full-fledged conflict. And if it does join NATO, then, you know, they have to step up if they're attacked. I think people are just going to wait and watch. It's going to be a game of brinkmanship. Someone's going to blink. But I'm no foreign policy expert. Yes, you cre- are, sir. Not am I a criminologist, you, but we'll you see. are on this show. <laughs> oh, we got the got the dog riled up. Let's pivot to China. Yeah, I think it's been very interesting to watch what's happened with China in 2021. All the the big names, the oligarchs or whatever you want to call them, they're all being reined in. Yeah. Their real estate has uh, stopped and crumbled. Yeah. And Xi is saying that really what he wants to go back to is give me that old socialist, communist religion. But at the same time, they're increasingly shrill about their place in the world, especially in the South China Sea, the Nine Dash thing. What do you think is going to happen there? Are we going to go to war with China? There's a flashpoint. In the world, that's where it is, right? It's Taiwan, the China Sea. I think Biden has made it clear that the reason he pulled out from Afghanistan was to focus on the Pacific. And he sold submarines to Australia. He sold armaments to Taiwan. So there's a buildup of of arms in that part of the world. Like I said, my sense is that both countries have a self-preservation streak that will prevent anything stupid. But we might see some skirmishes. We could see a ship being taken down or an airplane being shot. I think it's up to the smart people on both sides to 
for cool heads to prevail. And, and what would you do if you were President Gopal right now <laughs> yeah. and you had the issue of Taiwan? It represents everything you want, a, a functioning right. capitalistic democracy that just happens to be on a piece of land that mainland communists, the people you don't really want, yeah. are saying to you, hey, it's ours and we're going to take it whether you like it or not. I would do what Biden's doing, which is build allies around China and try to squeeze off that, you know, push them into a corner, which could, you know, cause them to react. I don't know. I mean, I think the current premier, Xi Jinping, is not acting like a normal Chinese premier. He's got ideas of grandiosity and power and sees himself as the next Chairman Mao. And like you said, he's been reining celebrities and business leaders in. So he's looking more and more like he's losing his grip on reality a little bit. He strikes me as the Chinese Putin. He's drunk on the, the strongman tactic. Exactly. Yeah. My way or the highway. I would, if I was uh, President Gopal, what I would probably do is I would dangle out there the notion that we can always revisit diplomatic relations as to which China we choose to choose. And say 1979, I think it was 79, is open for discussion. Yeah. And I would just leave it like that and just say, we might have to talk about this with our allies. We might have to talk about this within our own government. Maybe we did bet on the wrong horse. And just leave it as a question mark in the air. Yeah. Because in some ways, that would be probably stronger than any kind of uh, economic threat, just questioning its legitimacy. I think the hands-off approach is what the U.S. was doing all along, which is we don't want to take pick an old battle. Mm -hmm. But if forced to choose, I think the U.S. should prepare itself for the worst yeah. and, and try to build strong allies across in Europe, the Asia-Pacific. And, and I think a lot of countries see eye to eye with what the U.S. is. But yeah, I don't envy Biden. This is a tough place to be in. Do you still support my idea of Operation Rubber Trojan Duck, where <laughs> some of these at the Spratly Island chain, we just haul in a huge rubber duck like you would find in a bathtub, but on a scale. <laughs> and we just we park it there. And what can you do? Yeah, I'm open to everything. At this yeah, point. Operation Rubber Trojan Duck. You don't even have to have uh, security forces in it. I think you just have to have observation and say, yes, this huge rubber duck is going to sit here in these you know contested islands as a symbol of the world is watching. Yeah, maybe. Like a giant rat that they put up every time the union wants to protest. Exactly. I think the Chinese have a sense of honor. There's that sensitivity of government, you know, where they're like, yeah. you better respect us or else we're going to blow you to oblivion kind of thing. So a big rubber duck sitting <laughs> out there would be, I think, embarrassing to them. Maybe. But that's just my thoughts. But <laughs> we are out of time on this podcast. We've gone way over our time mm -hmm. and we will have to take it up next week, folks, with the looking more into 2022. My prediction is that some of these predictions you already predicted, something's going to shake out in this next that we're going to come back and say, Sandeep, yeah. genius. Or he has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> he should go back to doing whatever he was doing. At least he will look great with those bell bottoms I, I, as he's snow blowing for the whole neighborhood. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> I got salt, though. I got animal-friendly salt. That's good. And we're going to leave it with that. I want to thank uh, Sandeep Gopal. As always, we have more fun 
than being serious, I think, with a strung out. And that's what it's all about. Next week, I invite you back for our continuation on 2022. Capers the dog will be spayed. So there's going to be a big change in our family already. <laughs> this year is off like a rocket. Right. You know, yeah. good things. Good things. You can only get, go up from here. And folks, don't forget, check out all my music on Spotify. I want to thank my one listener, whoever that person is. It could be accidentally me. <laughs> Let's get the word Spread the word. Let's make it two. And don't forget to go to the new Martin McCormack art site where the focus now is on all this art and music. And you can basically get some beautiful prints or originals for a shockingly reasonable fee. And uh, you can even get uh, a tote bag, Sandy. Excellent. It is excellent. What's the art that you want us to check out most? I've been admittedly into my acrylic, so I think that's a lot of that stuff is where you can take one of these big, beautiful pictures and you can have it on a coffee mug. You can have it on an ornament. You can have it on a T-shirt. You have a sweatshirt. I'm about to finish the first of my one-eyed series, and already people who have seen it on the show have said they would love to have it like on a sweatshirt. So okay. we'll see what happens. Thank you for listening, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next week on Strung Out. Thank you for listening. For more information about this show or a transcript, visit martinmccormack.com. While there, sign up for our newsletter. See you next time on Strung Out. Joyce, giving us that.